been in the game for over two decades, working with gangs, addiction, and mental health. And over the course of time, what I've learned is, sometimes you have to journey through the dark to find your way into the light. And now, we're gonna talk about it. Would you please join us for the movement of Mongo? Gathered together from the four corners of the planet rock that we call Earth. You know what it is. You know who it is. It's your man, 50 Grand, the M-O-N-G-O. Right here for one day only. Straight from the planet Tatooine where Luke Skywalker came from. That's right. The Force is with me today, baby. Right on top of it. I told you I'd be back for season two. Did you think I was playing? Did you think I was clowning? This... I almost said the shit is for real. This is for real. <laughs> <laughs> this is for real. I'm not playing with you. I have one of the top guests in the state of Oklahoma, one of the top therapists. And what I'm going to tell you today is the subject matter is off the chain. The last episode, which you'll have to listen to, we're talking about domestic violence. I've gotten so much information in this in this particular segment that I'm going to have to go through it and re-listen to it myself just so I make sure that my family members are educated and have all the information that they need. We have today the beautiful Riley Copeland who's at the top of her game and we are trying to get information for those people who are out there who are suffering from domestic violence who are probably also dealing with mental health issues because you're probably dealing with depression and feeling hopeless. She's giving resources and going to be telling her own story in this segment. Riley Copeland, thank you for being back here. <laughs> it's good to see you. Thanks for having me. All right. In our last episode, um, I jumped out and towards the end, what I said was people, when they're going through this, they just need to get out of this. Mm -hmm. is, is that how it works? Not at all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Not at all. Well, okay. So, so how does it work? So at the end of the day, you have to consider safety first. And mm -hmm. so if people could just get out, if it was that easy, mm -hmm. that's exactly what they would do. But it's not that easy. Yeah. And getting out is often the most dangerous time. Why? For a lot of perpetrators of mm -hmm. violence, there's this mindset that if I can't have you, nobody can. Wow. And so that can make leaving a very lethal time mm -hmm. when the situation has escalated that far. Wow. Um, if the situation, tell me this, because as I'm listening to this, how does somebody keep that type of control over somebody else's life? I mean, where I, where you're getting hit, it's abusive, and those type of things are taking place, why are you not uh, able to say, I've had enough and I want to do something different? Or do they say that and just don't know what to do? I mean, they do say that, um, but it's it's manipulation because uh -huh. it, it never starts off that way, right? You mm -hmm. wouldn't go on a first date with somebody who says, you know, in about six months, you're going to have bruises all over you from wow. me hurting you. Wow. You know, if somebody said that to you, you would probably run away, right? You wouldn't wouldn't continue with that person but that's not what happens they paint you this pretty picture yeah they wrap it up put a bow on it yeah and they tell you everything that you want to hear yeah and so you think it's going to be perfect 
Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great and wonderful. And then it starts to slowly unravel. Yeah. But it happens slowly more often than not. Um, and so eventually what happens is there's manipulation, there's control, there is gaslighting. There's all of these different things that wow. happen that break somebody down so far that they may not feel like they have any other option. Wow. You blew me away with the statistics of 49% of men, of of women, Mm -hmm. and 40% of men, which is one in two Mm -hmm. uh, people. So if you line up 20 women, 10 of them are going to go through this. Mm -hmm. What are some of the national statistics of domestic violence uh, where Oklahoma's concerned? So Oklahoma ranks number three in the U.S. Are um, you kidding? In terms of women killed by men in single victim, single offender homicides. Number three. Mm-hmm. You've got to be killing me. Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, for those who are out there watching right now, Oklahoma is trending in some negative ways. Let me tell you, this is truly the great state of Oklahoma. There are some wonderful things in this state outside of OU football, outside of OSU uh, athletics, but mental health is not one of them. We're ranked number 48. Uh, as Miss mm-hmm. Copeland just told us, we're number three with women killed by men. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Number three, we're ranked in the top three to five in meth addiction, heroin addiction, and alcohol addiction. Uh, that's shocking to me because we're right here in the middle of the Bible Belt. Uh, there's a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. So how does that happen? How do we have a situation where people who know God, who know a higher power, Um, we're ranked in all of these numbers so high, especially that one. Well, Oklahoma is also a state with a lot of guns, right? Um, And the presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation can increase the risk of homicide somewhere between four to 500%. You're telling me that to have a gun in the house Mm -hmm. can increase violence on someone else, 400 to 500%. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. risk of homicide. Risk of homicide. Yeah. Somebody, right. Mm-hmm. Wow. You just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Copeland, the resources have got to be there. I'm still in amazement. Do, uh, what do you know about the school programs? And, and do we have some of these programs in college? What is our resources that people could just walk in in their school and get, or or do you know? I don't know if that's something that you... I don't know a ton. Um, I know some schools do have programs that touch on some of these issues, like healthy relationships and Uh things like that. Um, And some colleges have them as well, but they're definitely not as widespread as they need to be. I I don't remember my high school having anything like that. If they did, mm-hmm. it obviously wasn't memorable. Yeah. Um, and so they're just, they're not out there like they should be. Wow. I'm going to ask a question. I don't want to be out of line, but I'm looking at a strong um, black professional woman. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned earlier that you had gone through this. Mm-hmm. Who I'm looking at now, I can't believe that could happen to. What is your your story and what is your journey that this actually took place with you? Yeah, so it can happen to anyone, right? Age, race, whoever. No one is immune to it. Okay. So for me, it started when I was about 15. Mm -hmm. Um, I met this person 
who was 19 at the time. So obviously Mm -hmm. at 15, that's already kind of an issue age-wise. Yes. And I was in a relationship with this person. My mom didn't particularly approve, but Mm -hmm. I was 15 and she knew I was kind of stubborn and hard-headed and that I would find a way to do what I want, what I wanted, you know, (laughs) regardless. So, you know, I knew she wasn't, wasn't a fan, but I was in a relationship with this person and you know, it started off fine. It was good. Okay. Uh, he made me feel special, as they do. But over time, mm-hmm. it slowly, or maybe not so slowly, I guess looking back at it, devolved into a lot of the emotional abuse. Yeah. So a lot of things like the gaslighting that we mentioned, trying to make me feel crazy or like my experience wasn't what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of being put down, which mm-hmm. as a 15, 16 year old, you know, trying to figure out who you are being put down in that process was a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of lies. There were times when he would steal from me. Um, he's stealing from you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. The little money I had would sometimes go missing. And yeah, there were even times or I think of a time when he had cheated on me yeah. and then proceeded to compare me to this other individual again wow. as a very vulnerable teenager trying to figure out who she was. Yeah, because at this stage, I'm sure they would get the the ex. They get the cut. Right. You get cut from the <laughs> Immediately. roster. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. Cut from the roster uh, if that happened. Right. Um, but during this time, you're going through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't able to reach out. Your friends in, in that circle. Uh, what did that look like? And what did they say to you? I think, you know, I mean, I told my friends some stuff. I told my mom some stuff, but I don't think I ever really told anyone the full the full, the full extent, the full story of what yeah. was going on because, you know, this was somebody that I cared about. I didn't want to paint yeah. them in a bad light, no matter how bad that they were treating me. Mm-hmm. And this went on. So I was off and on with this person from the age of 15 through 19. There okay. were There were times when we had like over a year you know, without being together. So it was very off and on. Um, But he would still find his way back into my life. Weasel his way back Mm -hmm. in. He's a weasel. (laughs) More than that. Okay. Amen. So in this process, we're talking about a lot of stuff that's going Mm -hmm. on. You're not the only high school uh, person who's gone through this, or you're not the only one in high school who's gone through this. Uh, how many high schoolers, females go through this? So I don't know about females specifically, but I know in Oklahoma about one in 14 mm-hmm. um, high school students report experiencing some sort of physical violence oh, wow. from a dating partner. Wow. And nationally, it's about one and a half million high school students every year. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. You know, and we were talking about just resources in general. I want to make sure that as we do this podcast, that even though we may be ranked in 48 in mental health services, Oklahoma has some of the most incredible services, uh, mental health services on the planet. Uh, I get to work with some of those places from Oakwood Springs to Cedar Ridge, St. Anthony's, Red Rock, Hope, North Care. And so a lot of the things that are out there or resources that are out there for people are very exceptional. 
I think what you've named are resources that if people utilize, it can make them powerful. Um, the process from what you're saying, can be difficult when you're being gaslighted, when you're being manipulated, and your spirit is being broken. But that's why this show is relevant, because if you can see somebody, you would I would never, hmm. ever believe that you had gone through that. Hmm. But I think that's what makes you powerful now, is that journey mm. coming out of that darkness and into the light. If you're out there, you get to see somebody in living color who's gone through it, survived, and is flourishing and prospering, and you get to get resources. So utilize them. Tell me this. The statistics are, are staggering. They're mind-blowing. Uh, they really are. Being ranked number three and the fact that one in 14 mm -hmm. uh, will have something happen to them, that is... I mean, one of those things that I can't even just look at it without, like, what is going on. What did mom try to say to you during this time, and did it cause static? Because, you know, sometimes there's an old saying when we were coming up, but mama, I love him, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Was there any, did she have any influence at all? Because I, I heard what you said, I did what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. you know, but this is carried on into college now. Right. How do you get past it? And does mom know that this cat is still in your life? And if she does, what is what is she saying? Like, baby, you need to stop? Or what are you doing? So she knew that he was in my life. Um, but again, I don't think I was telling her everything that was, that was going on. Right. Um, up until two incidents that happened that I did end up sharing with her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then at that point we had... We had some difficult conversations, but, you know, I just I wasn't being completely honest about the yeah. extent of what was what was happening. Is it because of that hope? Because you mentioned earlier there was a, a hope that they'll get better, mm -hmm. a hope that it'll get better. Is that is that what, what what you were relying on or trying to bank in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When did you get to the point or when did you get to the point where you said, I've had enough? I can't do this anymore. So there were there were two things that happened, two separate things. Um both incidents where I said, this is, this is it. So the first one, I don't remember exactly how old I was when this happened. I want to say it was right, right before the other incident that happened that I'll get to in a minute. Um, but I don't remember exactly, mm -hmm. but I was over at his house. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized that he had taken some money from me again, again, this cat is stealing money from you. Mm -hmm. This cat needs his ass whooped. I'm just telling you, <laughs> back in the day, you would have got your ass whooped right. for taking money from somebody younger than you and your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, we wasn't raised like that. <laughs> yeah, he needed a good ass whooping. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so we got into this argument, and it just escalated. And somewhere in this in this argument, my lip ended up getting busted. Oh, wow. Um, and I had—we were, like, going through the house, like— I don't remember exactly, but um, I ended up tripping, and I was on the floor, and he had kind of, like, kicked or stomped on my stomach. Are you kidding me? And I'm, I'm laying there, and he takes off out of the house with my phone in my car. My little 2002 no, no. old Honda. No, um, no, man. This cat needs to. Wow. So he leaves, and I'm there. At the house, um, this was mom's house actually, um, but she wasn't there. So I'm there alone with no phone, and I didn't really know what to do. So I just waited until he came back. 
So he came back with my with my car, with my phone, and I leave. Um, I did end up telling my mom about that incident, or at least I don't remember how much I told her at the time, so sorry, Mom. But I know I'd, I remember us talking about my busted lip. And so that was a time when I was like, no, I'm done. That's Amen. That was too far. Amen. Um, did you ever think about telling his mom, this is what this cat did? His mom, I don't. I don't know if I told her that, um, but she knew a lot of what he was doing. So he was doing other stuff too, and you know she knew. So um, that was that was kind of. It was a lot of enabling behavior. Amen. Um, amen. Okay. And I I don't know <clears throat> I don't know enough of her situation to blame her. Um, right. You know I know that it was enabling, but I don't know what what her situation was that she couldn't. Amen. Do something different. Yeah. So that was that situation. Um, the second one was when I was a freshman in college. So it was my second semester. I was living in the dorms. Uh-huh. I didn't have a roommate my second semester, so it was just me. And at this point, we had ended this relationship, but he yeah. had talked his way. Weaseled back in. Weaseled back in, talked his way into, you know, coming over, talking. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, we'll just get this out of the way and be done. Yeah. So he comes over and again takes money from me. Weasel Willie, I'm telling you, back in the day, Weasel Willie would have got it. You, you, he, he, why is he taking money? This is out of line. Right. Um, and I think even at that point, I put it somewhere, like hoping that he wouldn't find it. Yes. And I, I don't know if I was in the shower or in the bathroom or what, but he somehow found it in the time that I wasn't looking. Looking through all of your stuff mm-hmm. while you in the shower. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so we get into this argument again over that, and it, it escalates to the point where we're yelling and all of these things in, in my dorm room, mind yeah. you. Um, and at some point he grabs my phone and smashes it on the ground. And this phone was in an otter box, you oh, know, wow. <laughs> one of the most protecting cases yes. that you can have. Um, he slammed it on the ground so hard that it, it shattered and was like bent. Oh, wow. In the case. And then he proceeds at some point to put his hand around my throat and make the statement, oh, no. Oh, no. I could choke you if I wanted to. At some point, this ends, and I go down just like sobbing to my friend's um, dorm down the hallway. I'm like telling them what's going on. He leaves at some point. I don't really know. You know, it's kind of kind of blurry because trauma will do that to you. Yeah. So that, that ends, and that was just... That was a lot. You it know? was a lot. Did, why didn't you call the police on him? I think I was just so overwhelmed in the moment that it just, it didn't really seem like an option. Um, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't yeah. want to get them involved and have to deal with, you know, just that whole process because yeah. it was overwhelming enough as it was. Yeah. Uh, do you think it would have helped? And, and it, to this point, I, I know you've said that's why. This is relevant to you now mm-hmm. because you're passionate about young women mm-hmm. uh, or any woman being able to have a voice mm-hmm. and talk to the authorities or get help in that process. Mm-hmm. So I know that uh, getting this process started and just giving them the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your advice for getting them to do it? If you if you could look out there now and tell them this is what I need you to do to get your healing and to get help, what would you say to them? Well, I don't need them to do anything. 
Yeah. At the end of the day, they they're going to know their own situation better than anybody. Yeah. And if that means talking to the police, if that's what's going to keep them safe, then mm-hmm. sure. But that's not going to be the case for everybody. Yeah. Not everybody wants to involve police or other people because it may not be what's safest for them. It may not be what's most empowering mm-hmm. for them. It may not be what they feel that they need. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, it's about, again, just meeting people where they're at and supporting them in what they feel is best for their life mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah. Like for me, at that moment, what I needed was my friends. What I yeah. needed was my mom. Yeah. What I needed was to to feel safe. Yeah. And that just didn't involve involve this overwhelming system that I would have had to navigate had I reached out to police or whoever at that right. time. That's uh, a lot of power that's being given. Um, but everybody's friends aren't the best, and everybody's friends, everybody's mom doesn't have, you know, the right uh, support uh, mechanism to give them. Mm-hmm. Once again, if I'm going to that... Is it just call one of these hotlines if, if I'm to the point where I can do it? Yeah, whether that's calling a hotline, whether that is making a, a what we would call a safety plan in terms mm-hmm. of identifying safe people, places, Amen. and things that you Amen. can use to leave, whether that is talking to a family member or a coworker mm-hmm. or whoever it might be. It doesn't have to be calling a hotline. You can do these things. Amen. Um, you know, creating your own plan for safety outside of that. Yeah. And again, because it is such a broad spectrum, not everybody will need that. Amen. So right now, pound for pound, you're one of the best therapists in the state of Oklahoma. What do you see for your future? We know that you're an advocate for people who are suffering through domestic violence. We know that you're an advocate for healing because Mm -hmm. that's what you do every day. You talk to people about their healing and making their lives better. Mm -hmm. What do you see for the end of your 2022? And what do you see as 2023 gets closer here? Hopefully by the end of this year, I'll be licensed. Fingers crossed if I can. I mean, I will finish my hours this year. And then if I can pass this test, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then I'll get my clinical license and then the goal is to start moving toward private practice. You'd be marvelous in private practice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> and, then, and then we could, uh, I could sit on the couch and say, this is what's going on with me right now. This person's getting on my nerves. And, no. <laughs> and, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> you got jokes. Earlier in the episode, if you missed this one, we're still going to go back to that dance contest at some point. Uh, Dedrick Perkins Perkins, one of your co-workers, is here. We're going to make sure that we try to have you on the show with him. You guys went to school together. Uh, pound for pound, like I said, they make uh, the place that we work at one of the best probably in the Midwest because of their talent. If anything... Um, they are two of the most talented people you will ever meet. Latresa Taylor mm-hmm. uh, hired both of you. Mm-hmm. She is a talent finder, a great recruiter. So, guys, you've been right here for our second season. We've talked about domestic violence. I tell you, I've learned so much today, and I feel empowered. I feel like this show was needed. Mm-hmm. I think more importantly, when I see you, I've interviewed several people in my life. And that interview process 
can tell you where they've come from. Mm -hmm. If I don't hear this story, I don't know why you became the woman you are now. Once again, you're a vision of strength and power and a role model for those who are trying to get past it. Not in the fact of she's better than anybody else, but in the fact that if she can do it, anybody can do it. And she stated several things. Everybody's journey is different. And so everyone's healing is going to be different and their process is going to be different. For some of you, that might be calling the police. For some of you, that's going to Palomar, that's calling YWCA or a hotline. Whatever it is, know that you're more valuable than to be in a relationship where somebody doesn't value you and they don't see your true color and see your true light. Once again, thank you for coming to the show. God bless you. And sometimes you have to journey through the darkness to find your way into the light. I'm your man, 50 Grand, the M-O-N-G-O. This has been The Movement with Mongo.